For everything Buccaneers, it, 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 it's Jolly Rogers and Touchdowns. Now, now, here's your hosts, Casey Hudson and Kaylee Mizell. What is up, Bucks fans? It is Jolly Rogers and Touchdowns, and we are recapping the first Bucks game of the season. Granted, it was a preseason game, Casey, <laughs> but still exciting nonetheless. Football is back. I can already smell the pumpkin spice in the air. It's oh. basically fall. I mean, we're here. Yeah. here. Football's mm-hmm. here. And uh, and we got to see a pretty interesting game on Saturday. Yes. Uh, what what did you think kind of big picture of the Bucks' performance? They they lose by gosh, that was a little bit of a heartbreaker at the very end. I know. The missed kick. Uh, <laughs> it hits the upright and doesn't go in. So they lose to Miami in the preseason game, which grand scheme of things, not that big of a deal. Just the pre. They they played well enough to where it was like, oh, it stung a little bit. Yeah. And I mean, considering the circumstances, we know preseason game one, most of your starters, if not any of them aren't playing. So, you know, circumstance wise, it was it was a pretty good game. But you said something really important. It feels like fall. Football is here. It's real. It's not a conversation that we're talking about. It's not a future situation that we're predicting. It's it's real. We're in live time of a football season being here, back, live, direct, and full action. Um, so that was the general excitement of it all. And we kind of touched on the fact that you have this whole Miami, Tampa. So there's always that little spark of just being from, you know, cities in the same state. There's a lot of Miami fans that were there last night. So that ramped up the competitive feel and that game nature, um, a little bit of camaraderie, a little bit of tenseness throughout the fans and not too much craziness on the field. After a few little chippy practices, everybody was really just kind of dialed in. So that was one takeaway that I got from everything. There wasn't a whole bunch of pushing and shoving and issues and, and whatnot on the field. But overall, yes, it was not fun to see the, the Bucks fall short uh, 26 to four. And it was just one of those games where it was a lot of field goals. And sometimes that could be a good thing because of the high competitive nature between the teams. Or sometimes it's just like, meh, <laughs> I can't describe it any different than meh. Yeah, and no, that, so, that you took the words out of my mouth. Yeah. Yeah, it just ha- it just has those moments. So it started off very exciting. Uh, as most people probably know by now, Blaine Gabbert was only supposed to take like one series and he ended up uh, controlling the entire first quarter. But it was nice because there were so many question marks at the top of this year before football season when Tom Brady retired for 41 whole days. It was who's going to be the quarterback. So, you know, Blaine taking that that first quarter trash coming in second quarter and then controlling the rest of the game. Of course, that's going to be a huge takeaway that you and I will jump into uh, more later, but overall I enjoyed getting a more uh, live game pace view of a lot of other players. This is a very competitive roster. And while the wide receiver room is the group that's talked about the most in terms of, you know, the high competition and what that cut's going to be like, there's a lot of competitions taking place across the board. You know, there's question marks next to the left guard position. Who's going to start there? We saw some interesting things with that in the game. There's question marks about if depth needed to be added to the linebacker room, inside linebacker and outside linebacker. They have about three solid guys, if you will. And then after that, a lot of question marks. 
um, you know, how would the interior defensive line function if God forbid somebody ends up going down or can't play for a game? So in the running back room, I mean, there was so much conversation about Rashad White saying that he wants to come out and take that first string position who we all know really belongs to Leonard Fournette, who's now signed with the Bucks for three years. So the drama, <laughs> as Matt Material would put it, the drama, a lot of drama, a lot of takeaways. And I'm so ready to dive into it all with you on Jolly Rogers and touchdowns. Yes. And we are going to get into, yes, the the quarterback situation, who some of our key players from the game were. And of course, your guys' favorite segment, Walk the Plank. We're also going to take a look forward at what the Bucks have coming up and more. So getting into how the game kind of uh, opened up and took shape. It was exciting. Like you said, a, a right off the start, there's uh, there's some touchdowns. Uh, Miami gets a field goal early. The Bucks come back. Uh, Blaine Gabbert, great series, mm -hmm. um, leading to a 23-yard pass uh, touchdown. Great look by him. Yes. And and in that series specifically, I have to give you high praises, Casey. <laughs> Because we, credit. you get lots of credit. <laughs> we thought you said one of your players to watch on the first pod we did was Tyler mm -hmm. Johnson. And he had an incredible first series. Yes. Uh, and, and, and a really great game overall. But mm -hmm. really that first series, he came out and, and said what he said to me was, I've got something to, to show for myself. And that's, I mean, in my big takeaway, my big picture takeaway is that yes. you saw a bunch of guys out there. You mentioned it earlier, competing and competing hard for mm -hmm. their spot. So these guys are, are, are saying, you know what? Yeah. Tom Brady's going to be our QB. You know what? Yeah. There's, there's, we have these guys in place. There's certain guys who didn't even play yesterday. who weren't dressed out, you know, <laughs> that, that there is kind of a little bit more of a lock. But there yeah. are question marks. And for the guys that, that for the spots that have question marks, and for the guys who are putting themselves in those positions, they came out and they really showed up big and they gave the coaching staff a lot to think about. So we're yes. going to get into some of those key players. But but just mentioning right off the bat, I think that that a few a few really big things that i noticed were just the competitive drive the competitive nature of everyone uh there was great blocks um there were there were really great catches just the people it seemed like everyone was really in tune it seemed like actually that this team for being in Florida and for it being hot outside and for, for there being a lot of cramps at practices that they're mm -hmm. in relatively pretty good shape. They were able to go out there. The speed was okay. They were mm -hmm. able to, to really put themselves in a really great space to be competitive. And that was something that like is an overarching, you know, if we're not getting into very specific guys yet, that's right. like an overarching takeaway that I think I look at from this team and think like kudos to them. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, being getting ready and being close to game shape, uh, playing fast, playing competitive and really trying to prove themselves. Absolutely. And great that you mentioned that because uh, Todd Bowles mentioned in his one of his press conferences that, you know, 
it was hot. <laughs> it was hot out there for a minute. He's like, the sun was just directly beating for, for a moment there. And I know some people, I mean, especially people who are not from Florida, you're thinking, okay, you have a seven 30 kickoff here. What do you mean? Oh, the sun doesn't go down until almost eight 45. So no, we still get a, a, a nice brink of it. And coach bowls even mentioned that and where they line up on the field and the way that Raymond James is set up, they did have to endure some un uncomfortable heat for a moment there. So I, I love that you pointed that out because it's true. The guys looked like they were in pretty good shape. There wasn't a whole bunch of injuries and stuff that took place. There wasn't a bunch of, um, cramping and if you will at least for the bucks there were a decent amount of stop plays for the miami dolphins but that wasn't more so cramping and, and misconditioning that was more so you know they took a nice little hit in the play and <laughs> had to breathe for a second so um kind of quickly touching on injuries there grant stewart um linebacker grant stewart was out with a foot injury and running back Gio Bernard was out with an ankle injury. There's no update on either of them. There wasn't a tone of severity, but either way, um, I'm sure we'll learn more about them come practice tomorrow and Tuesday. More importantly, overall, did the Bucks lose? Yes. Ridiculous. It's tough <laughs> to, to even talk about, but a lot of good things, as you mentioned, if we're if we're looking from top to bottom of how the offense and the defense performed, offense had great series, and I think Blaine Gabbert set a nice tone there. But looking throughout the rest of it, you know, offensive line they played well. Coach Bowles spoke on the offensive line a couple of times and said that he saw a lot of decent things out of all of them. So considering the fact that you have rookie Luke Kadecki, um on the line, he got reps in there, which was very important and significant because we've noticed that depth is going to be very important to this team as well as health. And the next man up mentality is going to be even more important. You mentioned blocking Kate Otten had an awesome game yesterday. He did very well. He got a lot of high praises, not only from fans, but from people on Twitter and, you know, a lot of people in media, he made his name known a lot more and he's going to be somebody who becomes more recognizable. And when you listen to the the playback on the broadcast, you know, they're putting him in the conversation of being Gronk's replacement and stuff. So they're already placing high hopes on this kid and, and he's fulfilling it out quite well. He had some solid blocks. Um, of course he has to learn how to kind of bear his weight and evenly distribute his weight and his strength between his legs because he kind of got taken away on the left side on some plays, but these are things you learn in game speed, which is the exciting part of it finally being game time of us having real games taking place. And you and, and you called that too. So I don't know. Do you yeah. get two trips to the treasure box this week? I get two trips. So this is exciting for me. The treasure <laughs> box was always, that was always a game changer for me in school. If I knew I could make it to the treasure box, just handing in something on time and doing well with it, I was all for it. If people can't tell by now, I'm a very competitive human being <laughs> and it translates in every aspect of my life. Okay. Um, okay. I, I, can I take you down a notch though? Because you might have to walk the <laughs> plank for something that you said in the last podcast. I get cut at the knees now too. Jeez. <laughs> I'm not going to lie though. Kaylee and I talked about this, like right before the segment, in all honesty, I take full responsibility guys. I might have to walk the plank. There was a couple guys that I was just like, no, 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 absolutely not. And here we are. Uh, they they showed us something. Now they again, Haley and I will dive into that a little bit deeper in a second here. But um, I have you know if I have to take my lickings, I have to take my lickings. I might be walking the plank by the end of this segment. <sighs> head held high, head held very high. But yeah, Kate Otten, 
was on my list, and I think he did very well yesterday. Even Coquif, he's somebody who's coming in and was going to be this just predominant blocking tight end, and he's had really quality, like really good reps throughout training camp and stuff. And you can see that they're going to develop him u- uniquely, but he's someone that I'm sure that they're going to be able to rely on in blocking schemes not too far down the road. He had a great block too that led to a touchdown, right? Yeah, you know that 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 was kind of the key thing that really opened up the space for oh, yeah. Keyshawn Vaughn to, to get into the end zone. So definitely pulling his weight and, and, and even in that play alone is a guy that you're like, oh, okay, I got to keep my eyes on him. Yes. And I'm glad that you said that too, because that was one of the plays where, you know, Kate Otten kind of lost his weight distribution and lost his strength and got taken away. And Coquife was able to step in and, and not only fulfill his role, but help the guy next to him so that that play could be successful um, so yeah, perfect, perfect takeaway there in terms of them working together, both rookies that have just done very well and something to look forward to and what their role would be. Defense was maybe equally as electrifying though. Ladies and gentlemen, defense walked away with three sacks last night, three sacks, something that this team as a whole was looking, you know, looking for last season. And yes, I do understand that we're talking about people competing for two slot, three slot and so on and so forth. But you're also talking about people whose name might get called depending on how things transpire in games. So to see that, that competitiveness, to see that energy, to see that grit, um, hunger, to see all of that out of these guys and just how much they highly respect the role and the team that they're playing for was something that stood out to me last night very much. I mean, Anthony Nelson had a sack, Pat O'Connor had a sack, Cam Gill had a sack. And if that doesn't say enough about the people that you can rely on behind you, and even Coach Bowles has said it, Anthony Nelson is somebody that needs a lot more credit. Um, He even went specific to say that Nelson doesn't fall for the bootleg play. He's one guy, one guy. Now, mind you, it's Coach Bowles. He said Anthony Nelson's the one guy from college to the NFL who's never felt for the bootleg play. He's a very savvy player, and he's way stronger than he looks. So that kind of answers questions in terms of where they may not feel, why they don't feel like they have to add up to certain position groups that some of us are like, hey, we'd love to see more people in the linebacker room. And, you know, Coach Bowles is seeing something that we are now starting to see. So that was awesome. But this all kind of takes me to maybe – my top two players for the game. Do you know who your okay. top two players for the game were? Um, yeah, I, I, okay. Yeah, I can go. You go, you I'll go. go. Yeah. Okay. You go first and then I'll go and then we'll <laughs> go back and forth. Okay. I know a lot of people are going to say Cam Gill because he, he set the tone with the sacks. He had the first sack of the night. He played very well. He distributed a lot of strength, but I have to give it to Anthony Nelson. He had a career, you know, stat a career stat year last season. And the anticipation is high for him to match that or, you know, succeed that. And after what I saw in him in training camp and yesterday's game, I think Anthony Nelson is going to continue to make his name known. And I would be, I'd, I'd love to see it. So Anthony Nelson's got to be one of my standout guys. The other one, I, I like, do I give Tyler Johnson more credit? <laughs> is that ridiculous I of mean, me? I mean, I go from not loving the guy to now I'm like piping his name every every conversation. But he did so well. He, I think what impressed me most is he has a maturity to him, but he has a lot more confidence when he's going out for his routes. Like, that's not the kind of growth that I thought I was going to see out of him. And 
you know, he stands by the fact of controlling what he can control. And now look at the mentors that he has in addition to a Mike Evans in that room. So I feel like we're just going to see a whole nother level of confidence and maturity out of this kid. And we're already starting to see it. So I'd have to say that even though he wasn't one of the touchdowns of the night, Tyler Johnson is one of my top players and Anthony Nelson. Okay. I think those are two really good picks. Uh, so I'm going to go back to uh, the guy that you passed up on. He's going to be my Ooh. guy, Cam Gill. So I really like what Gill did. Um, sad to see that, uh, you know, he, he went down with a foot injury. Hopefully we'll get more information on him soon. Mm -hmm. Um, but really, really like what he was able to do. And I, I, I do, I think that he really did set the tone for the defense that, that clutch sack to hold the dolphins to just a field goal on the first drive in a game. I mean, that's the kind of thing that can really set the tone for a game. And so if you see a guy like that and he's able to do that in a really big game situation against mm -hmm. the saints against the Falcons, right? It, uh, uh, you see a guy like that and he's able to do that. I, I think that we're, that he's going to be able to hold his own again. Hopefully we'll be able to get, uh, some more information on his foot. And, mm -hmm. but I, I just think that hope if he would have been able to play the full game, that right. uh, that he would have continued to set that tone and really be a really key, strong guy in the linebacker uh, position who's able to go out there, be really aggressive, get into the trenches and find those holes, right? Mm -hmm. to, to really find those spaces um, and and take those opportunities. I think that I see a lot in him. And I'm excited to see more. Yes, I definitely agree. And he was a name that's been kicked around for a minute. And I will say, you know, um, some of the guys that I work with have kind of been high up on what his development would look like. And it's starting to, to come to pass. So uh, JC Allen specifically being one that's like, you know, keep your eye on on Cam Gill and it's worth keeping a look at. Um, so that answers a lot of questions in terms of not needing too much more depth there or them being confident with, with who they have. Uh, Coach Bowles even mentioned KJ Britt doing well and players have been high on him since last season. So there's confidence in that group and that confidence showed in yesterday's game in many ways. Um, and I think that just kind of takes us to all the competition taking place in these position groups. Maybe it's time for us to chit chat about the guy who's going to potentially force me to walk the plank. Kyle well, that was going to be that he was going to be my number two. Like, was he? He was going to be my second. I was going to say I would have like I'm I'm also sad that uh, Gio Bernard, that he that, that he had some ankle stuff because that again, that first series for the Bucks. Gosh, what a nice run by him and, and just yeah. really confident finding some space. I was really impressed by by that run. And I mean, you said maybe there's not as much competition there. I mean, they're, they're, it's a little bit more locked in terms of who the the Bucks are going to have there long term um, mm -hmm. with with who they've paid and Fournette and right. Like it, it seems a little bit more stable. But yeah. I just really liked what I saw from him in that first series. So I was going to just give him like an honorable mention. But my <laughs> second my second player was going to be my guy from the University of Florida, Go Gators, uh. Kyle Trask, who 
uh casey i don't know maybe should you uh, this is gonna be the question should you have to walk the plank because you said that you did not think the trask was ready you even I claimed no. i think your exact quote was the university of florida does not produce quarterbacks <laughs> that that sounds a little familiar i think <laughs> just a little yeah. familiar yeah um, i think I, that people listening to this are going to remember that comment as well um i'm gonna yeah. leave it to a vote we're gonna let the fans vote on whether or not we're gonna I put up to a poll link yeah we have to put up a poll on twitter and have everybody vote because yeah i don't <laughs> guys wanna, do I, not do I'm, me dirty okay i will plead my case here but like okay. you pl- will- you get to plead your case and then i get to say why he was one of my key players Okay. All right. I love this game. Okay. So yes, here I go giving Kyle Trask a little bit of credit. He did better than I expected. I will give him that. Um, He made some great throws and I'm not going to just say good throws. He made some great throws. He showed some arm strength. There was a connection that he tried to attempt between him and Scotty Miller, a nice deep ball. And I mean, it was, it was placed well to Scotty. The coverage was just extremely tight. And then, you know, Miller just has this tendency when he goes for those really deep balls to kind of, not that he loses his footing, but for some reason his cleats end up behind him versus grounded. So yeah, when you start kind of falling to make that catch before the catch hits you in the chest, you're not really in control and on sticky coverage, you're not going to make it. But that was a good, great throw for, for Trask looked really good. And he had multiple really good throws that night. He showed some quality arm strength. He showed some accuracy. I will say, though, something that I do stand by still is the fact that his decision-making has to speed up. Because if he was going against, you know, first-string edge rushers and interior guys, he would have got swallowed whole a couple of times. He only got sacked once last night. Um, I think it was in the third quarter, if you will. But, you know... After actually, no, it was towards the end of the second quarter that he got sacked because it changed the tone of the game. That's where the Mm -hmm. tone of the game really kind of started being handed over to the Dolphins. So that I do understand comes with game reps. He hasn't gotten any game reps until last night. And he you can see how quickly he processes where he needs to clean those things up and how he's going to have to overcome those mistakes. In the words of Todd Bowles, he showed a lot of moxie, but. I do need to see a lot more quicker decision-making for him if he's going to be able to compete in a QB1 position with, you know, the top of the top guys coming at him and closing that pocket out. A friend of mine, though, and, and I were chatting this morning, and he made a great point. He's like, yeah, he might not have had first-string defensive players coming at him, but you also have to think that in that role, he would have first-string offensive line players protecting him. So when Trask had time, he did very well, and I'll and I'll give that to him. There were still some mistakes. He kind of backtracked out of the pocket a little too steep, which put you know all the control in the hands of the Miami Dolphins defense. But other than that, I will say Kyle Trask did not entirely live up to what I expected. <laughs> uh Okay. Okay. I think that that you, you had some humble pie there. Um, I, yeah, I, I was serving. <laughs> <laughs> I was impressed by Trask. I didn't know what to expect of him coming into this game. I didn't know if he was going to be able to be up to speed. And I think all Bucks fans were pleasantly surprised. So yes. he came in in the second quarter he completed five of his first six passes for 53 yards. So his 
the start that he had was really, really great. He led the Bucks on 15 plays, 86-yard touchdown drive. Mm-hmm. Um, so really kind of getting things going, taking what Blaine Gabbert did and just continuing to feed off of it. Um, yeah, so really, really liked what he did there. Um, his but, drive towards the end zone, he showed a lot of confidence and composure, yes. which was huge. That was something that kind of won me over, especially yeah. at the end of the game, I will say. And a big thing that stood out to me is the connections that he was making with players that are competing for, you know, spots five, six, and potentially seven on that wide receiver room. If he's throwing the guys like Mike Evans and Julio Jones, I mean, Julio Jones is not a one-year contract, but Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and, and guys like that, yeah, there's a lot more optimism there for me to see what he can do with, you know, those top of top of the league wide receivers. Yeah. And then, so he did get a little bit rattled in uh, right before the end of the first half, which I'm going to touch on, but Mm -hmm. coming back out to start the third quarter, he was four for four in passing with, for, with 55 yards, including another 19 yard touchdown pass. So I, I, I think that, he did there was a period of time so uh, i'll get into this there was a period of time that was like kind of a question mark i don't know exactly what happened and it'll be interesting to hear a little bit more from trask um he did talk a little bit last night and and i'll I'll read some of what he said but you could tell that something happened where like you're saying casey he Mm -hmm. got a little bit rattled and um yeah and 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 there there was an interception Mm -hmm. he um, that interception led to Miami getting some points on the board, uh, right? Yeah. They got a touchdown off of it. That's never something that you want to do. You never want to give away an interception, but you never want the other team to score off of it right? Um, and, and get some points out of it. And they did, um, you know, back he, back. He, yeah, he was sacked. Um, so, you know, there, there was a, a fumble. So like, that's, I mean, that's not great. You don't want to see those things. Mm-hmm. But I do still think that looking at his final numbers, 25 for 33, 258 yards, a touchdown. Um, like I said, he had a, a, a bad sequence at the end of the first half, a pair of turnovers. That's not great. Uh, you don't want that. But overall, I do think that he played pretty well. He mm-hmm. says of himself um, that it's bittersweet. You know, he said that that. He thought that he made a huge stride in his play. Mm-hmm. Um, looking at his performance, he said that he's proud of himself with the growth that he's shown. And I think that we have seen that growth. It's not perfect. It's right. not like he's not QB1, but it's growth. And for the first time taking some of those reps, I think that it's it's something that you can build off of. Todd mm-hmm. Bowles, uh, like you mentioned, Casey, really gave him credit and said that he showed a lot of moxie. He showed a lot of competitive nature. This is what Todd Bowles had to say after Kyle Trask's performance. It's a lot about the development, what he's learned and seeing what we have. You know, we hadn't seen him under pressure. We hadn't seen him get knocked down and throw an incomplete pass and get up. We hadn't seen how he comes back from an interception. We hadn't seen him throw a touchdown in a preseason game to date other than practice. So it was more about what kind of moxie he had on the field, what kind of control he had on the field, whether he would panic in situations, whether he would do the right thing. And, and, and he passed a lot of those tests. So, 
you'll get more of it next week. You know, I can't say it'll be 80, 75, or whatever the case may be, but he'll play a lot, and the development's important for him. He didn't get as many snaps last year, so we really want to see what we have. I kind of know what Blaine can do. I know what Griff can do. I want to see what Kyle can do. So, you know, he's going He's going to get some time. And he, he's, he's made some mistakes in the game, obviously, first time out, but I thought he handled a lot of situations well. So we'll try to get some more of that next week. So big picture, mm-hmm. what does this mean for Bucks fans? Well, obviously, again, he's not going to be QB1, but when you look to the future – you're not going to have Tom Brady for forever. And this is a guy that is learning under a guy like Tom Brady this year. And yes. he is able to take away some of the wisdom, take away some of the work ethic, take away some of the nuggets that Tom Brady has to offer and use those in his own game. I think there's a lot of upside to Kyle Trask. I think that there is more upside at least than we thought that there was at first. So I'm not going all in on Kyle Trask, but I do (laughs) think he had a good game and I'm excited to see more of him. And I'm excited to see how he handles different teams, different situations and how he continues to hopefully get better. Mm -hmm. Um, and as, as he gets more into the speed of the game, as he gets more into understanding the different pressure situations and like you said, Casey, which is a really, really important point as he starts to read and develop some of those plays a little bit faster because he's got to get, he's got to get through his reads a little bit faster. It's, it's a faster game in the NFL. So, oh, absolutely. So I think I'm interested to see how that takes shape. And I, and I think that based off of the first week and first time seeing him in a situation like this, I think that there's good things to build off of. Absolutely. And as you kind of mentioned, it, he finally generated a little bit more excitement around his name. And the reality of it is that it's almost a night and day situation. Most of the time when you draft in a quarterback and you have a game where, you know, you know that you're fully in control and you bring, you pull your first string quarterback and pull somebody else in. Now, I wasn't against last season. I wanted those reps to go to Trask because I thought that it was important and imperative to see what that looked like then and let him start getting some of those reps then. But, you know, those reps went to Blaine Gabbert. So hopefully this is a sign that if there's these close games where they pull Tom Brady out, that Kyle Trask is going to be the guy that goes in and not Blaine Gabbert because – he definitely needs more game speed under his belt. He went, it was, it was very night and day. He went from no snaps to having, you know, 25 completions, 33 attempts his first night out there. Does that probably speed up some of the learning progress? I guess so. But other than that, it's definitely the fact that he needs a lot more game time. He needs a lot more of um, that becoming decisive in games at game speed against top players in the league, not just, you know, twos and threes and whatnot. So hopefully that's something that's going to carry over when they face the Tennessee Titans this coming Saturday. Um, Even though coach Bowles said it's not going to be, you know, much of an 80% thing. They're going to kind of fare through that. We know Tom Brady's not playing. It doesn't need to be the Blaine Gabbert show because we know what he can do. Trask needs, if not all of those reps, just about equal amount that he got um, this past game. So Yes, guys, I will eat this one and say that Kyle Trask showed a lot more than I than I expected. And I look forward to what he'll do on Saturday. And hopefully he'll have some starters or some top 
guys to throw to and hand the ball off to coach Bowles did allude to the fact that there will be more starters suited. I mean, everybody was suited up there and, and showing support, but suited up getting some reps in this coming game. You know, after this Saturday, there's one game left. And at that point, Tom Brady should be returning to the team and he may get a couple snaps just to, you know, work on his nuance and his chemistry with his top guys. But this Saturday is going to be equally as important, which kind of leads me to the competition in some of the other groups. I think we'd be remiss not to point out that there's a lot of conversations around the left guard position. Um, we all know that Robert Hainsey is locking down the center right now. Good news is that Ryan Jensen was out there walking around. He looks good. Um, today, Coach Bowles did mention that they're still waiting for the swelling to go down before they can give any definitive answers as to what Ryan Jensen's situation is. So Bucks fans, please continue to be patient and keep Jensen in your prayers. But Robert Hainsey did a good job and coach Bowles said it too. He said Hainsey had a, a lot of good looks out there. He was uh, pleased with the offensive line as a whole. Something to note is that starting the game, opening up, it was Aaron Stinney at right guard, and it was Nick Leverett at left guard. And there was a lot of conversation on whether or not Aaron Stinney would be starting at that left guard position because of you know the, the, com the competition taking place there. Now, something else to keep in mind is that Aaron Stinney starting at the right guard position was in place of Shaq Mason, who would more than likely be the starter at the right guard spot. Um, Bowles mentioned that he saw a lot of good things decent is how he would fare their performance yesterday. <laughs> I don't think that that's too complimentary, but this is a coach that would have been like, no, I needed to see more or, you know, they needed to perform better and whatnot. Um, they were explosive on the line of scrimmage, but the consistency and how they fared throughout the entire game is probably where they kind of fell off in his opinion. And then Fred Johnson, who we know is this monstrous guy, I think he's like six, seven, um, he was swapping in at right tackle, and Luke Gadecki got some good reps in there. He said Gadecki needs to work on staying low, but he's a rookie, and he did quite well, in my opinion. So a lot of things that the team has to shuffle through across the offensive line, but I still think that they're going to be an elite line and, and contender this season, regardless of you know where they land with some of these guys in these spots. One thing that we haven't talked about yet, Casey, in terms of where they're going to land in different guys in different spots is what they're going to do in terms of the kicker situation, Ooh. which came to bite them in the butt a little bit in the final seconds of the game. Yeah, this one's so, a bittersweet one. <laughs> it is. It is because really what what the Bucks have to choose between is do you go for, you know, someone who's dependable or do you go and take a little bit of a risk and you go out and you lock in someone who has a lot of upside mm -hmm. but might need a little bit of coaching or might need a, a few more reps? Because the NFL, because so many games in the NFL are decided by three points, by one point. It, yeah. it, it is, it, the kicker is so important. And it is going to be very interesting whether the Bucks continue with, and, and I think that they're going to give them some time before they make this decision. That's why you have the preseason. Right. Uh, you, you've got a little bit of time to figure it out. But do you go with Jose Borgales? <laughs> or do you go with Ryan? 
see, I started out, I headed into training camp like, look, Ryan Suckup came in, made a difference at a time when it counted most. His first season with the Bucks, he did an awesome job. Last year, he was a quite quite more inconsistent and he kind of fell short in the most crucial moments, which obviously is what we're going to focus on more than what he did when he first came in. Um, the hard part is I never paid much attention to Jose Borgales and training camp. He has been very consistent. He has a strong leg. He has great accuracy um, and he makes the long kicks look easy. So while the end of the game was extremely unfortunate because he nailed the first one, but then Miami called the timeout right before. I think they call that like an ice. They iced him. Yeah, yeah. They iced him. So it's the mental warfare that he didn't manage well, because then he missed the next one when the game was literally in their hands, but he with such ease nailed a 54 yard field goal earlier in the game. Yeah. So he, he, because the, the, the end of the game, it was only 49 yards. So mm-hmm. he clearly had, and it, and it hit the upright. So he right. clearly has, the strength to get the ball that far. He mm-hmm. has nailed a 50, like you said earlier in the game, nailed a 55 yard field goal and really had the opportunity to make his case. The dolphins ice him again. And, and there's a lot of pressure, right? It is like yeah. there are, th- there's three seconds left of the game. You know, it's kind of all on you. So there's a lot more pressure. You get iced. It's only 49 yards. Um, which I'm saying only as if I could do it. I mean, <laughs> but, I might be able to kick a 15 yarder. <laughs> yeah, but he had already done a 55 yarder earlier in the game. So, but they ice him. It maybe the mental part of it gets a little bit I- intense in his head. Somebody asked him about this and and mm-hmm. said like, "What was going on? You know, do you think that this that it was the mental thing?" And he said, "I just have to be better. It's my job to make kicks. I have to execute." That's on me. The snap was perfect. The blame was on myself. Um, and we had a chance to win, and I didn't pull through. So you have one job. He <laughs> he really did shoulder the weight of the Bucks losing. He like put it on his shoulders. He said, "Yeah, I I I needed to go out and execute, and I didn't." So mm-hmm. I mean, I think that that shows me just in terms of like who he is as a character, like his right. character that he is a good character person. He wants to get better, but maybe being in a situation like this, maybe being in a situation where there's three seconds left, they're going to ice you and the game is on your shoulders and you have to execute. Maybe that's something that does help him. And next time he's able to get it through. Um, Yeah. It barely missed. So it's not like it was like super off. off, right? But it was off enough to where it missed. And mm-hmm. and that can't happen, especially when so many games are decided by a kick. Um, so so I think that the Bucks are in a really interesting spot. And I and I will be interesting to see which one they go. If if they do something a little bit more dependable. Uh, mm-hmm. although, like you said, you know, Ryan Suckup wasn't super reliable last year. Mm-hmm. Or do they go with Jose? Do they do they go with a new guy who you know has the will to get better, who owns it when he doesn't? And and I'm not saying that Suckup doesn't do these things, but 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 he does have, it seems like, 
a stronger leg. He does have maybe a little bit more, I don't know, confident swagger. Yeah. Um, (laughs) When he he goes out there, there's a little bit more of like, he knows what he can bring to Mm -hmm. the table. He has high expectations for himself. So I don't know. It'll, it'll be interesting. Um, I don't know. Maybe. No, I don't know if he's my walk the plank guy. I'm interested to see who your walk the plank is. I don't know if I fully decided on mine yet. I'm between a few. So I'm going to, I'm going to push it off to you and say that, uh, what, does who, this, yeah. Does this make him walk the plank? And does it? I don't know. He was my walk the planker. He was. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> sorry. Sorry, Borgs. You got to walk the plank guy. Like, you know, it doesn't happen too often, but I, I will say it, it's something that's one of those little curveballs that should that the kicker should expect. And he missed the mark. He nailed the first one. They iced him, and then he came back. and I mean, you said it. He he hit the post, but still, you can't you can't let the psychological warfare get to you. You have one job. He could have won them the game. So I, uh, I'm glad that he put this on his shoulders because not only am I putting this on his shoulders, but I am also nudging him forward down the plank you into are. the plunge. He's got to, he's got to take the plunge, but I might be right there with him. So we can, uh, we can take the dive together, walking take the, the plank dive together. He was, I was, I was on the fence. I was <laughs> on the, the, the plank. If, if you'll, you know, go, go with that analogy. I was, I was kind of like, I don't know how I feel if I want him to walk the, but maybe so, because the reality is, is like, yeah, you got to make you, you have to make that. You have to make it. You already made one. The competition's too tight. You can't put your, your team can't do everything they did. And then there's three seconds left. You have the opportunity to win the game. Mm-hmm. and you're not able to execute and yeah. for whatever reason and by however much a miss is a miss mm-hmm. um i am excited about his upside but i do think in this situation i'm gonna agree with you casey i think that he's got to walk the plank yeah and i mean th- yesterday was awesome for a lot of people but that's really the only thing i can think of in terms of who's gonna walk the plank so bucks fans a lot to think about here. You've got Kyle Trask that that finally made his debut, that played, you know, second quarter, third quarter, fourth quarter, had ups, had downs, how he managed, um, you know, the pocket collapsing on him, how he managed pushing the ball forward, how he managed his team the last two minutes of the fourth quarter trying to get them in the end zone. So there's a lot to consider there. Does he is he safe? Does he need to walk the plank because of the mistakes that he made Were those rookie mistakes or did he have room to make those mistakes? You've got the fact that the competition just continues to ramp up at the wide receiver group because Jared Stern made a case for himself yesterday saying that he belongs on this roster and even Kalen Geiger with a lot of great plays yesterday. One specific one being he went to go take off on the right side, saw that it the coverage was closing in on him pivots last minute to the left side and gained some quality yardage. So here you have two guys when there's no more room on this roster for wide receivers, and they're making a solid case for themselves to be a part of this team. You have cam Gill, who hopefully he'll be healthy and able to come back and be fine. Really contending for, you know, a, a, a third slot in this linebacker room. You've got KJ Britt who people have spoken so highly of you have, you know, Logan Hall, who did pretty well last night, driving guys off the ball. 
you have so many things to consider here. So is Borgalis the only person who needs to walk the plank? Is there somebody else that needs to walk the plank? Somebody that missed coverage that should have known their assignment. Somebody that you thought was going to make an impact in yesterday's game and was too quiet. There's always so many perspectives. That's the beautiful thing about football or games in general. So, of course, per usual, we always want to hear from you guys. Who needs to walk the plank? Is it Bergalis or do you guys have somebody else? Or is it me because of my take <laughs> on Trask? Yes. I can handle it. I can handle it. We want to hear from you guys. All the Monday morning uh, quarterbacks, let us know what you think. Uh, we we want to know who's got to walk the plank this week. Were we Were we spot on? Did we miss somebody? Let us know. Or just Casey. Is is it Casey? Is that? <laughs> I'm not pushing for that. I'm just asking the question. I was going to say, are, are you giving them a hint here? Like, are we nudging in one direction <laughs> over another? Because it's feeling, it's feeling I a gave you nudge. two trips to the treasure box, Casey. That's true. Okay, that's true. Never mind. You're not, you're not pushing. <laughs> you're not, you're not my, um, my executor here. But no. yes, guys, always, we want to hear from you. And um, now we turn the page. It's week two in the preseason. There's the Tennessee Titans coming up. The team will have two practices, one tomorrow, one on Tuesday. They'll fly out Tuesday to practice in Tennessee, Wednesday, Thursday, off day, Friday, and game day on Saturday. Uh, we'll we see go. a lot more starters dressing out. We will have a better evaluation point of guys who got that game experience. And, you know, do they build off of it or do they end up falling off from that experience? Um, a lot of exciting things to look forward to. And we will be covering all of that here on Jolly Rogers and touchdowns. And we'll be back with a preseason game two preview on Friday. So mm -hmm. be sure to stay tuned for that on all of the places where you find your podcast. You can do it on the Odyssey app, which is super easy, convenient. Just go download the app. But for you, Apple, Spotify fans, we're there. We're everywhere. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. And you can, of course, continue to follow along. Me, Kaylee Mizell, at K-A-I-L-E-Y-M-I-Z-E-L-L-E -L -L -E, across social media platforms. Casey, give them your handles. And me at the sports case, T-H-E-S-P-O-R-T-S-K-A-S-E. -S -S -E. That's a mouthful, guys, but it's an easy type. But yes, follow. Stay tuned with us. We'll keep you updated on all, all, all the goods and more importantly, like, share, subscribe and give us your feedback. We're so excited to continue this journey with you guys at Jolly Rogers and Touchdowns. Bye.